0: to part number four, I believe, of our After Eden series. And I'll be honest, I've really enjoyed this series so far. It's really challenged me. And for those of you who maybe haven't been here for this series, it's basically a series all about relationships. Um, so the very first week, we discovered uh, basically how relationships uh, uh, went from being perfect to not-so-perfect, or what happened in a place called the Garden of Eden. And then the last two weeks, we centered on marriage and the marriage relationships, and we told ladies how they should treat their guys, and the guys how they should treat their uh, their ladies, and basically how everybody should treat everybody. Well, we've got to, to part number four today, and we're going to be talking about friendship today. Now, how many of you were ever a fan of the TV series Friends? Well, not as many I thought like all of you would be. I'm like... I'll be honest, and like all my friends rid me for this, but I actually enjoy the series Friends. And for those of you who don't know, or weren't on the planet in the 90s, then uh, um, then Friends was basically this TV show, and it was what, five friends, six friends? Six friends. Um, and uh, they lived in these New York apartments, and they just had a great time. It, it felt like they were always just like drinking coffee, or like in their apartments having a great time. They never worked. Um, and it was basically a life about these six friends. And everybody watched them, and everybody wanted to move to New York and have a New York apartment and go and drink coffee at Central Perk. And it was was this great show all about friends. Well, real friends, and these, like, they seem like real friends. They were like six close friends. But for, for most of us, real friends are very hard to come by. I bet most of you could probably count on your hand the amount of real friends that you have. You know, the Bible tells us, and we discovered this the last two weeks, the Bible tells us, he says, when you find a wife, you find a good thing. Some good things are better than others. But anyway, I found a real good thing. But when you find a wife, you find a good thing. Well, the same goes for a friend as well. If you find a friend, you find a good thing. And when you find a real good friend, like a BFF or something like that, then you find something that is to be treasured. You know, for many of us, I think in our, in our culture, what are we in, 2012, I think most of us, we are losing what real friendship really is. And I tell you what I think is the biggest culprit. I think we live in a world which is the Facebook world where it is so easy to become friends with somebody, and it's so easy to unfriend somebody. And our communication with people is now online, and it's behind a computer screen, and we never really get to see the real people. Even this week, I posted something on Facebook, and it was just a quote from 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 this book I was reading, and somebody got like all upset about the quote in it. And so this person started like, typing all this stuff, and I was like, whoa, where's this coming from? And so I commented back, and, uh, and then someone else commented on it, and then this person deleted all their comments because they were all upset. And I'm like, whoa, this is like crazy. I'm like, all I put was a comment on Facebook. And, but what I find, I find that real friendship is getting less and less and less. And this is what we feel. We start to look at people and we start to see how many friends they have in Facebook. Maybe if they're, if they're on Twitter, how many followers they have on Twitter. And we start to think, well, those are the people that we want to become friends with. And I think in all this, we have lost the value of what true friendship is. So in a world that we have Facebook, we have instant messenger, whoever like still uses that, um, We have texting. We have email. um, We have Pinterest. I'm like, who's on Pinterest? Any of you on Pinterest? It's like annoying. I'm like, I'm serious. My wife is on it all the time. Uh, But I think we have lost the true value of friendship because of all this. And today, I would say that the majority of you have probably got more friends, friends than what you did 10 years ago. But... Those friendships, I bet, are a whole lot surface level. And not many of them are very deep. And you know what? I believe that friendship is a biblical act. I believe that when you have a friend, you have a good thing. Because it is a biblical thing to have friends. If you're someone who says, well, I don't want to be friends with anyone. I'm just going to like go and live in a cave and have no friends, then, then that isn't what you were created for. You were created to live in community, one with another. And, and the problem is, I think today it is so easy at a click of a button just to lose friends that we go away from this biblical act of friendship. And you know, some people are really good at being friends, And some people are not very good at being friends. And I'm going to be totally transparent with you today. And I'm going to tell you, I am the worst friend in the world. You know, we got some people here today, and they are really good friends. I mean, if they're your friends, they're your friend for life. But me, I'm a bad, bad friend. So I got my best friend, Wes, and he was here uh, two months ago. And, And we are like, we, I mean... We're, we're, we just have this like bromance. I mean, it's just like we are like, like best buddies. Um, and, and we did everything together. So I moved to the United States, and he's been over here twice to see me. I haven't been back once to see him. He emails me. He calls me. He Facebooks me. But I like hardly ever Facebook him or call him or, or chat to him because I'm a bad, bad friend. And that's just the way I am, and I'm trying to get a whole lot better. And so what we're going to talk about today applies to me probably more than any of you today. So just wanted to get that out, of you, out there today. But I wanted to tell you where things started to go wrong with friendships. And so if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And we've discovered already in this series that there was a, a man called Adam, there was a, man, a lady called Eve, and they disobeyed God, and things started going pear shaped for them. Their kids started fighting. In fact, their kids like, killed each other. And they started having problems in their marriage. Um, then all these sort of things started happening. And then eventually, after a few generations, the world had got so bad, this is what happens. And in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1, it says this Then the people began to multiply on the earth. Okay? So the people have started to multiply. So there's more and more people on the earth. And when you get more and more people, often you get more and more problems. And then in uh, uh, Genesis uh, 6 and verse 5, it says this, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And He saw that everything they thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry He had ever made them, and he, put, uh, and, and he was sorry that He had put them on earth. It broke God's heart. So now these people, they've multiplied, and they are evil, and they, they are constantly doing evil things, and God looked upon these people, and He sees these people, and His heart starts to break for these people. So then in Genesis chapter 6 and then verse 11 it says, Now God saw that the earth had, been co- had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on the earth was corrupt. Everyone on the earth was corrupt. So now we have this situation on the earth where there was paradise, the earth was perfect, everybody came together in these wonderful friendships and these relationships, and now, a few generations along, the earth is corrupt and everyone is evil. And what happens when we have corrupt people? We have broken relationships, corrupt relationships. And when there is corruption in the world, then relationships and friendships suffer. In fact, when corruption is in the world, friendships become more of a business transaction than real friendship. It's like this. If you scratch my back, I'm going to scratch yours. For in a corrupt world, everything is about the individual. Everything is about me. And who can help me become a better person? Who can help me get a better job? Who can help me get a better, a better status in society? Who can help me? And it's all about me. Because that's what happens in a corrupt society. So if someone uh, isn't uh, of use to that individual, if someone won't help you get to the next level in life that you want to go to, they become very expendable. And your time really isn't towards that person at all. Yet in a world before Eden, friendship wasn't about getting something out of somebody else. Friendship was about the beauty of just authentic community. Coming together in community. Different people with different lives. Coming together and enjoying life together. So today this is what I want to do. I want to very quickly go through... 10 proverbs with you about friendship. And so, if you have a notepad with you, I would encourage you to write these down because we're going to go through them quickly. If you don't, then you can use your phone and, uh, uh, or your iPad or whatever like that. But I would encourage you, and they're going to be on the screen behind us in a moment. But I want to give you 10 quick proverbs on friendship. And before we get into the biblical proverb, I want to give you an Alex proverb. This is one I made up myself because I do stupid things like that. And... This is my problem. For a person without friends is miserable. Would you agree with that? A person without friends is miserable. A person without friends is lonely. And a person who easily loses friends finds out quickly that life really hurts. If you are someone who loses friends real quick, then you know that life hurts. Genuine friends must be cherished, and not forsaken. And you know, when I start saying this stuff and thinking about this, I'm like, I start thinking it's a little cheesy, you know? Because when we think about friends, we think of like BFFs, we think about, I don't know, little girls with their like care bears, like, and everything, and you know, and it's just like, it kind of gets cheesy. And it was making me thinking of all these songs about friendships, and I was trying to find a song uh, that was like not cheesy about friendships. And I couldn't find one. So I want just before we go into it, just a bit of fun, I want to give you my top five cheesiest songs on friendships, okay? I want to play them for you, but I, I didn't really want to listen to them because I don't want to stuck in my head. So the first one, the cheesiest song I think there is on friendships, was written in 1971 by a guy called James Taylor, and, or it's probably sung by him, and it's a song called You Got a Friend. I mean, is that cheesy or what? Okay, then there was a song in 1978, it was, uh, it was by Andrew Gold, and it was called Thank You for Being a Friend. How many of you watch the Golden Girls? Yeah, they were pretty cool, I like that, but that song gets stuck in your head, cheesy or what. Then in 1995, the Rembrandts uh, released a song called I'll Be There for You, and so all, your friend, all the friends lovers here, you'll, uh, you'll know that one. Then there was a really, really cheesy song, and it was in 1986. It was by by Dionne Warwick, and it was called That's What Friends Are For. And then the last one, my my number five on my cheesy, is actually by The Beatles. Um, I'm like the only English guy in the world who doesn't like The Beatles that much, and so sorry if I offended anybody. But in 1967, they wrote a song called, with a little help, my friends. I mean, it just makes you want to hold hands with people, right, and, and stuff. I mean, like cheesy or what? But when we think about the biblical view of friendship, the biblical view of friendship isn't cheesy. It isn't. Uh, it, it isn't just this, uh, this 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 thing, this feminine thing, or this thing that guys are like, no, I don't. I don't want friends. Real friendship is a biblical act. And when we look at the Bible, we see so many different people who had so many real friends. I think of someone like Jonathan and David. They had a friendship that was just tight. And they were so tight with each other and they helped each other out. You've got people like Paul and Silas or Paul and Barnabas. You have Peter, James and John. They were so close with each other. And you have like the Elijahs and the Elishas had a different kind of friendship. But it was still this friendship. That was just so godly and so biblical. And so today, this is what I want to do. I want to go through these ten things to help you become a better friend to somebody else. And also, to help you understand maybe who your real friends are in life. So the first point is this. In order to have friends, you must be friendly. In order to have friends, you must be friendly. Proverbs 18, 24 says this. It says, and this is actually from the King James Version, it says, a man that has friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I think the problem in our society today, and, and, our, and, and we can say this because we're definitely on the East Coast, and the East Coast has this, this reputation for being unfriendly. A lot of people are unfriendly people, and to be honest, one of the most unfriendly places that you can go to is church. Is church. The reason that is because we think that we're friendly. But if you ask a stranger to come in and ask if we're really friendly, most churches in this world, you would not find that stranger would say that they were, they were, they were friendly. I grew up in a church. We knew as a church that we were not friendly. We had unfriendly people in the church. I mean, some of them are just damn right miserable. I'm like, why would anyone want to go to this church? But, hey, I grew up in that church. But I think a lot of the times we are unfriendly. And if you're lacking in the friends department today, then take a look at yourself and ask yourself, am I becoming friendly to other people? Am I becoming friendly to to other people. You know what I've discovered in my life? I've discovered that some of my closest friends are actually people who are just nothing like me. People, when I first met them, I thought there's no way I would have a connection with these people. And I found out some of those people have become my closest friends. And so if you're struggling in the friends department, just ask yourself, am I becoming friendly? So in order to have friends, you must be friendly. The second uh, proverb that we're going to look at, or the second point, is choose your friends wisely. It's not brain science. I mean, I'm sure most of you could come up with this. But choose your friends wisely. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. Look with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. When you look at your friends... Look at their lives. Evaluate their lives. Just because someone might be funny, just because someone might be educated, just because someone might be well-off, just because someone might wear the right clothes, or they're popular, doesn't mean that you should be friends with that person. These are the questions that you should be asking when you're looking at friends. And this is what people should be doing when they're looking at you. How do they treat other people? How are they towards the people that they love most? Are they caring towards those people? Or are they negative or abusive towards those people? You should ask those, 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 yourself the question, are those people clicking? Are those people just want to stay in their own little crowd and they don't want to let anybody else in? Do they talk about other people behind their backs? These are the questions you should be asking when you're looking at friends. Be wise about who you become friends with. And this is the reason why. And the proverb in Proverbs thirteen twenty tells us that. The reason you should be wise about your friends is because if you pick the wrong friends, if you associate yourselves with the wrong people, eventually you're going to become like those people. So if you've got a friend who is always talking about other people behind their backs, you associate yourself long enough with those people and you're going to find yourself, you're going to be talking about those people Behind their backs as well. So choose your friends wisely. Number three. Don't be a fair weathered friend. Now I, I love to golf. And when I, before I was married. In my early 20s. I golfed in all weather. I golfed one day when it was snowing outside. There was like ice on the greens. And you couldn't stop the ball. But I was still golfing. I was an all weather golfer. And then I got married and I moved to the United States and I realized, wow, it's so much nicer to play golf in the sun and not the rain and the wind. And so I suddenly became a fair-weathered golfer. So I only go out and play golf if it's, if it's nice outside. If it's rainy, forget it. And some of us are like that with our friends. We become fair-weathered friends. And this is what the Proverbs said. In Proverbs 17, verse 17, it says, A friend is always Loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. A friend is always loyal. Basically here, he's saying he's saying if you're gonna be someone's friend, you're gonna be a friend with those people through thick and through thin. How many of you have got dogs here this morning? Dogs. Now a dog's really a man's best friend. Some of you are like, yeah, the only person I can get a decent conversation with is my dog. You know? dogs are considered a man's best friend. Why? Because dogs are loyal creatures. I mean, some of you may have dogs who are like just totally not loyal and like just run off all the time. But the majority of dogs are loyal. And if you are a loyal friend, then people are going to cherish you. You're a friend that just, uh, just, just comes around when everything is great, but when someone has problems, then you disappear. Then that's not a real friend. Are you there for your friends when they need them? Or do you just appear and disappear as you please? Don't be a fair-weather friend. I mean, this is stuff that they would probably teach you in like elementary school about friends. But it's in the Bible. Do you know why? Because the Bible is a practical book to help you, not just help you in your relationship with God, but help you in your relationship with other people as well. Number four, friends tell each other the truth even when it hurts. Friends tell each other the truth, even when it hurts. Now, for those of you who are married here this morning, you know that your spouse will probably tell you the truth no matter what. You know, I mean, guys sometimes get it harder. you know, that the lady says, you know, do I look nice in this? Do I look fat in this? And the guy's always like, yeah, you look beautiful. No, you look skinny and things like that. But the women kind of like, no, take it off. You don't look good. You know, well, that's my experience anyway. But friends tell each other the truth. And so like spouses and married couples, they will tell each other the truth. But sometimes when it comes to friendships, we don't always tell each other the truth. So in Proverbs 27 and verse 6, it says this. Wounds from, from, a, from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. You know, real friends will tell you the truth. And I've been honest, I've lost friends because I've told them the truth. Because they haven't been able to take the truth. And, and sometimes it's hard for me to confront somebody if, if there's something wrong going on in their lives. But I know I've confronted people and I've lost their friendship over it. But I knew if I just stayed by and told them everything was great with their lives and all this was going on, then I would not be able to look at myself and let them carry on that path of destruction. And real friends will tell you the truth. But the problem is, we don't like the truth. I don't like the truth. You know, if someone starts telling me the truth of something I'm doing wrong, then I get all defensive and I hate it. And I I don't want to hear it. But the reality is, I need to hear it. I need to hear the truth. And if you have got something stuck in your teeth, you can always tell your real friends. Because they'll tell you that you've got something stuck in your teeth. And my wife has this issue that, she, I'm not sure if you would appreciate me telling this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. She has this issue that she has things stuck in her teeth all the time. I mean, she'll eat like an ice pop, and it's like something's stuck in her teeth. I don't know what it is. So she's always got stuff stuck in her teeth. And sometimes we'll be out to dinner with like some of you or some friends, and we'll get in there, and I'll look over, I'm like, honey, you got this big thing stuck in your teeth. And she's like, no one told me. I'm like, you can tell I'm a real friend, babe, you know. Because... Real friends tell the truth. So if you've got something stuck in your teeth, you can tell your real friends. They'll tell you. Your own real friends may not tell you at all. But real friends tell the truth. And the problem is, is if you, if you have people who just tell you how wonderful you are all the time, the chances are when times get tough, when times get hard, they won't be around Friends tell each other the truth. Number five, friends don't use flowery words. Friends don't use flowery words. In Proverbs twenty-seven fourteen, it says this He that blesses his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, shall be counted a curse to him. Now let me translate that a little because that's maybe a little hard to understand. Basically, the English version of what that's saying is don't just use nice words all the time with people. Don't just tell people that they're so wonderful all the time. You know, watch out for the people who always tell you how great you are. You know, something my, my mom and dad always told me. In like 35 years, of, they've been in ministry. And they, t- they, they told me once, just before I, I moved over here and I was going to go into full-time ministry. They said... Watch out for the people who always tell you how wonderful you are. Because those people will be the ones who will probably be out the door first and leave you first. And I've discovered that in my life. That there are people who will tell you how wonderful you are all the time. They'll use these flowery words. But they're the ones you've got to watch out for. Because they're the ones, like we said before, who aren't really telling you the truth. You know, a real friend is this. A real friend will cheer for you when everything is going great. But they'll also challenge you when your life isn't so great. And so if you've got people who will challenge you in your life, but they'll also cheer for you as well, they're the people who you need to surround yourself with because they're going to be real friends to you. If you've got people who are just going to, like, challenge you all the time, then they're just, like, negative You need people who are going to be positive and they're going to challenge you as well. So friends don't use flowery words. Number six, friends don't hold grudges. Friends don't hold grudges. Proverbs 17 verse 9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates friends. Dwelling on it separates friends. You know, just like in the marriage relationship, A grudge will eat away at your relationship. If you've got a grudge against somebody, they're going to eat away at that. If you've got unforgiveness towards somebody, that relationship is going to be eaten away and eaten away, almost like a cancer, eats away at a body. And eventually that friendship or that relationship is going to die. Real friends don't hold grudges. Don't dwell on someone's faults. And this is the reason why. Because your faults are probably just as bad as their faults. Your faults are just as bad as their faults. You may say, well, Alex, what if someone does me wrong? Well, yeah, I mean, you can get upset about it. You know, that's just human nature. But don't let unforgiveness come into your life because it will separate friends. And what did we say at the beginning? Friends are a treasure. I believe they're a treasure from God. And if you're going to allow a grudge or some unforgiveness to separate that then that's a bad thing. Friends don't hold grudges. Number seven. Friends are committed to making you a better person. A real friend will make you a better person, not a worse person. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. If your friends are not pushing you in the right direction, then they may not be real friends. Real friends will push you and make you to become a better person. They will help you to make better choices. They they will lift you up when you're feeling down. They will push you along when all you want to do is just stay where you are. And I know in my life that that some of my best friends have come into my life. And they're the ones who have pushed me on. And pushed me forward to become a better person. If your friends are not helping you grow in love, joy, joy peace, gentleness, self-control, meekness, and all those things, then maybe they're not real friends. Number eight, friends give good, godly advice. Friends give good, godly advice. If you're not a Christian, or you know you've got lots of non-Christian friends, then it's going to be very hard for them to give good, godly advice. But when you've got friends who are Christians, then they are able to give good, godly advice. This is what the Proverbs say. In 27 verse 9 it says, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. When your friends give you good godly advice, it is like an aroma that comes into your life and it fills your life with sweetness and a fragrance. It's not an ugly, horrible stench, but it's this beautiful fragrance that comes up. Friends help each other make wise choices. And there is nothing that will deepen a friendship more than you helping someone on that road to becoming a better Christian, a better believer. It kind of brings friendships together. Friends give good, godly advice. Number nine money issues can ruin friendships. Money issues can ruin friendships. I think that one of the biggest killer of relationships, full stop, is money. And we did this whole money series at the beginning of the year. And, and, and what you find about money is money breaks up families. Money breaks up marriages. Money breaks up businesses or business partners. Money breaks up friends. That's what the Proverbs saying? Proverbs 6, verse 1 to 3. It says, My child, if you have put up security... For a friend's debt. Or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger. If you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice. That's what the proverb say. Follow my advice and save yourself. For you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride. Go and beg and have your name erased one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest breakdown of friendships I see is when friends lend money to other friends. We want to help out a friend. We we, we don't want our friends to go without. But sometimes you're putting something in the friendship that is going to break the friendship. So be careful when it comes to money matters with your friends. This is where wise advice is needed. You know, Sometimes a friend will ask you for money and you won't lend them money. And that person will get all upset with you and they may not even want to be your friend anymore. Maybe you've asked a friend for money and they haven't given you money. And you got all upset with that person. This is kind of what I've learned in life. I've learned this, that banks are the experts at lending money. And if a bank isn't going to lend you money and they're the experts, Why should I or why should you lend somebody else money if a bank won't lend them money? You're not the expert. The bank is the expert. But the problem is we feel sorry for our friends because we want to help our friends out. But the problem is a lot of the time you'll loan money to a friend and a friend won't be able to pay it back. And then there's this big divide. You know, I've even had friends who I've loaned money to. They haven't been able to pay back. And I just totally forgot about it. I'm like, it was like 10 bucks or 20 bucks, and I totally forgot about it. And I didn't care. They could just take the money. But for them, they couldn't pay it back. And so they stopped kind of interacting as much with me as a friend. And I was like, what's happened to that person? Why are they like, you know, I'll loan them 20 bucks, and, and now they're like, not even my friend. Well, the problem is it's because it's eaten away at the inside of them because they know they've got this debt to you and they can't pay it back. You know, if someone wants to get some money from you or loan some money, then just give them the gift. Give it as a gift to them. Don't, don't, don't play around with money issues with your friends. Money issues can ruin friendships. And then the last proverb that we're going to look at today. Number 10. One of the greatest values in, friend, in a friend. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. We've already talked about loyalty as a friend. But faithfulness, I think, is even deeper. In Proverbs 27 and verse 10, it says this, Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives far away. I think faithfulness in friendships is one of the most valuable things that you can have. How many friends have you had where trouble has come, but like they're nowhere to be seen? No way to be seen. How many friends have you had where, where you know, you're, you're really crying out for help and they're just not there at all? And maybe they've got legitimate reasons why they're not there. Maybe they don't have legitimate reasons. But real friends show faithfulness to one another. And if there's one thing I can say to you today that I want you to go away with, it's this. Don't abandon people when they're in need. And I know that it can be so hard when people are in need. They can seem so needy at times. It's like, it's like all I'm doing is, is, just, is just helping this person need and, and I'm not helping myself at all. But sometimes those people really need your help. Faithfulness in friends. Think about your friends that you've got now. How faithful are you to those friends? You know, I look at some of you and I'm like, whoa, you guys. I mean, some of you are really faithful in your friendships. Like I said, this is like speaking to me today because I am an unfaithful friend. You know, I mean, like my past history shows it. But faithfulness is one of the greatest things that you can have. In a friend, You know what I believe? I believe that everybody deserves a good friend. Everyone. Statistics tell us that most people in the whole span of their life, whether they live like 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, they will have in the whole span of their lives about 125 friends. People that they can call friends. But out of that 125, the average person will only be able to say about three to five of those 125 are really good, great friends. Friends like they're closer than a brother or closer than a sister. So that's not many at all. Think of all the people that you meet. Think of all those friends that you have on Facebook. Think of all those people that you work with. All those people you went to school with. Only three to five will ever become a great friend. It's pretty sad. So when we find a friend, a real friend, we treasure that friend. We've already mentioned this proverb, but in Proverbs eighteen twenty-four 24 says, There are friends who destroy each other. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I don't want to challenge you today. I want to challenge each and every one of you. How are you doing in your friendships? I believe friendships are as much a spiritual thing as they are just what you see in having friends. I believe God wants you to have friends. I believe God wants you to have people in your life who will help you and you will help them. I believe when God created this world, He created this world not just to have a relationship with Him, but have a relationship with each other. God created community in this world. So how are you doing in your friendships? I want to challenge you today that when this service is over, how are you being friendly to the people sitting next to you? Here today at Generation Church. You know, I watch and and we're a pretty friendly church. And I think people tell us all the time, what's the best thing about your church? And they're like, the people. The people are just great people and you are great people, let me tell you. Wonderful. But I still see people come in each and every week. They come in, they walk out, and no one really has an in-depth conversation with them. No one really knows how they're doing. No one really knows how, you know, if they're struggling with things or not. No one really knows about their life out of what they see on a Sunday morning. And if we are Christians, if we are believers, then we should be embracing one another. You know, the very early Christians, when they met each other, they they said to each other, they said, Shalom, which means the God of peace be with you. And then the Bible says that they greeted each other with a holy kiss. Now, I'm not asking you this morning to greet each other with a holy kiss because we're not that kind of church. But what I am saying is be friendly to one another. Because that person that you're sitting next to, or that person that you see out in the hallway, that may be totally different from you. You think, I can never relate to that person. That may be the person that God says, I want you to become best friends with that person. And that person will make you better, and you will make them better. But the proverb says that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. His friend, his name is Jesus. He is the one who is called the friend of sinners. The Bible says all of sin, of fallen short of the glory of God. And so that means we are sinners. That means Jesus is our friend. Jesus is our friend. The Bible says, Jesus says that, that, that there is no greater love than one who lays down his life for his friend. And Jesus laid down his life for his friends. And because you are a sinner, that means he laid down his life for you. Jesus also said, he says, you were once servants. He was telling his disciples, you were once servants, but now I call you friends. And some of you, you may not have many friends. You may be struggling in the friend category. You may, you know, be lonely and think, you know, if only I had a friend. Well, there is one friend and his name is Jesus. And he sticks closer than a brother. Closer than a sister. Closer than a BFF. His name is Jesus. And throughout the pains of this life. The ups and the downs. The heartaches and the breakups. The good moments and the bad moments. This man, Jesus, is stationary right by your side. And as is your friend. As he shows friendship to you. So he desires that you show friendship to others. So that his light can shine in this dark and corrupt world. After the garden of Eden. So that people will know that he is Lord. Now as we close this service. We are going to take of what we call communion. This morning. And I couldn't think of a. A better message to end communion with. Because he is the friend. He is the friend of sinners.